Hello, this is Pete Lecock, and welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. Every summer in Kansas City, 25 men have one simple mission, to win. Starting pitchers, corner power hitters, middle relievers, speedy gloves up the middle, closers, utility infielders, backup catchers, and they're each remembered here. From 1969 to last year, all Royals careers have been preserved with the most comprehensive collection of facts, memories, and stories in existence. Welcome to Clubhouse Conversation. What's up, Royals fans? It is Dave O, and I'm glad you're along for another edition of Clubhouse Conversation, the place where we catch up with all your favorite current and former Royals players. And today we take it back to some of the glory days for the franchise, back to the late 70s. Pete Lecoq was here in KC from 1977 to 1980, and he joins us today. Very excited about this on Clubhouse Conversation. Lecoq, who was a key contributor of all of those Royals teams. From 77 to 80, the ALCS teams in 77 and 78, the World Series team in 1980. Pete played both first base and the outfield and was a great hitter, both in the lineup and off the bench on those Royals teams. And a guy who has a very interesting background. When you go back and look at him, he didn't even start playing baseball until his freshman year of high school. Went to the famous Taft High School, which has produced a ton of great athletes out in the L.A. area. And speaking of L.A. slash Hollywood, Lecoq comes from a very cool family. His dad is Peter Marshall, who was on Broadway in movies and is the famous host of Hollywood Squares, that TV show. And his aunt was actress Joanne Drew, a well-known film actress from the earlier days in Hollywood as well. So a guy who grew up as a very good baseball player, but also football. Lecoq had a chance to get a full ride out to Ohio State, amongst other places. We'll talk about that, what made him choose baseball. We'll talk about how the Cubs took him in the first round, coming up with them, coming over to KC. All that and so much more as Pete Lecoq joins us right now on Clubhouse Conversation from his home out in Arizona. First of all, thanks so much, Pete, for joining us. And, and second of all, how's everything going with you? Well, everything's going well. Thanks a lot. What's keeping you busy in 2015? You know, uh, what's keeping me busy uh, is, uh, well, uh, my mother passed. And so I'm just going back and forth to California a lot. Um, I, was, uh, um, I have two grandchildren here in Arizona, and they keep me busy. And uh, I bartend uh, at a resort called the Valley Ho here in Scottsdale, uh, you know, three days a week, keeping me busy and doing things. Very nice. Well, I'm sorry to hear about your mom, first of all. Um, yeah, you know, yeah, you know, you get to a point, you know, I don't know, uh, it happens. And so my, my friends, you know, at my age, it seems like their parents are struggling a little bit. Yeah, well, I know you've done a lot to raise money and give back, too. You've done several marathons, triathlons to raise money for Leukemia Society of America. For, you know, for, so for somebody like me who's lost a close relative to cancer, thanks for doing that. And, you know, how, how much does that mean to you to be able to give back like that? You know, I, I was doing it when I was playing. You know, I was bringing kids in from Kenya Med Center into the locker room. You know, I was having visiting players come up to the, to the hospital and visit kids and um, you know, I've been really blessed, uh, you know, by having those experiences. You know, a few years ago, I actually, uh, I matched up with a kid, uh, did a bone marrow transplant. You know, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I've been real lucky in those things. I didn't know about that. What, what was that like? That had to have taken some courage, right? You know, it took no courage at all. To really? Tell you the truth. No. Uh, it's a, it's a easy, it's a process that you're going to be, 
you know, one day in the hospital. And uh, really, I was just one day in, at the at the blood center there in Kansas City, Missouri. You know, I matched up with a kid from my hometown, um, an 18 year old boy. Uh, it was it was a, it was a miracle. It was one of the greatest things that I've ever done in my life. It was uh, great, and uh, uh, you know, people have that chance. I, I was a perfect six for six match. Um, it's a 35 million to one shot. <laughs> so. You know, those are the things that, uh, you know, that have blessed my life. Absolutely. And you've given back, too, with baseball. You coached professionally for many years, as recently as a couple years ago. Are you done with that chapter, or, you know, will we still possibly? You know, I am. You know, yeah. I, I coached for many years. I coached independent baseball. I coached with the Cardinals for a while. And, uh, you know, uh, baseball has changed. Um, you know, it's, it's so time-consuming. Uh, people don't really know. I mean, it, it takes up your whole life. And if you're a coach or a player, and that's just part of it, you know. Um, uh, you know, I never did anything with the Royals. Um, they they never ask me. You know, they, if you notice, they don't have a lot of um, guys that played with the Royals doing things for the Royals. You know, George Brett, of course, because, you know, he's been their franchise player. He was a great player and a great teammate. Now, how much, speaking of the Royals, I mean, how fun is it for you to see them back in the postseason and playing so well? Oh, it was great. It was really great. And they have a really good team, and I hope they, you know, continue their good success. Uh, looks like they, they've, got, they've got a really good young team. Well, let's go back and learn more about you. So, childhood. Now, how I get it, you didn't even play baseball until you were 14, right? No, I didn't play until I was a little older. You're right. Now, what made you decide to start playing? Well, high school, you know, um, you know, we out of my high school we have Robin Yount, Rick Dempsey, Rick Arbach, Kevin Kennedy, Guy Hansen, Larry Durker, Rick Durker, all went to Taft High School at about the time that I was there. And uh, you know, we always had good baseball programs. We had a fabulous baseball coach who was a, a guy that taught a lot of fundamentals and. You know, we kept working bunt plays and cutoff plays and this and that. And we went, when are we going to hit? You know, he, and he taught the kids how to play. You can see how many guys have come out of that high school. Now, were you a an Angels or a Dodgers fan growing up, or neither? No, I was a Dodger fan growing up. I think everyone was a Dodger fan growing up. Yeah, <laughs> they seem to be an LA's team, right? Yeah, yeah, they they were LA's team. That's for sure. You know, not so much anymore, but, uh, um, you know, L.A., there's a lot of people there, and there's a lot of fans. Now, one thing a lot of people don't know about is your dad is a famous Hollywood Squares host, Peter Marshall, who's been in lots of movies. He's been on Broadway. One of your aunts was actress Joanne Drew, who's my stepmom's all-time favorite actress. So, I mean, did you ever get into acting or, you know, had that dream at all when you were growing up? You know, um, it's, it's kind of funny. You know, my dad, he traveled a lot. He was gone all the time. And so, you know, he doesn't, you know, being an actor wasn't wasn't even in our minds. All we were worried about is trying to get to the beach and surf and, uh, you know, uh, love life in California. Great childhood, you know. You have the mountains real close. You have the ocean real close. You have, it's just, you know, it's a beautiful place to grow up. 
Well, by your senior year of high school then, so you had all sorts of options. You're a great football player. Ohio State offered you. Woodland Hills, California there at Taft High School, like you said, you were all West Valley first team in both sports, including player of the year in football. Was Ohio State the main football program, or were there other ones too? Well, um, you know, Coach Hayes came and visited me a couple of times and tried to get me to go, and I just didn't want to play in cold weather. Yeah, I don't blame you so, for that. So, <laughs> you know, that was kind of the, the deal with me. I really didn't want to play in cold weather. And, and then when I got drafted in baseball, um, I, I, you know, I thought, well, heck, yeah, I'll give it a chance. I was the number one pick, and they gave me some money. And so that's what I did. I decided to do the baseball thing. Was that a pretty, uh, you know, pretty easy choice then? You know, it was a pretty easy choice. Uh, you know, I... I graduated in high school at Taft in January. So, you know, they were going to do a little spring football and, you know, going to school. I really wasn't a very good student. So, uh, I, and, and Porsche was just coming out with their 911. And, uh, <laughs> so I decided to go that way with it. <laughs> I love it. So you get signed in 1970. You go to Caldwell, Idaho. You played under Spencer Davis. Now, one thing that surprised me is you were the only guy on that team to make the major leagues. What do you remember about Caldwell, Idaho at 18 years old? <laughs> well, there really wasn't much in Caldwell, Idaho. Uh, <laughs> I remember the long road trips, 18, 19-hour road trips. Uh, you know, 18 hours on a bus is something that, you know, if you ever experience, it's amazing. So, you know, and other things like that, you know, uh, it was, it, we played at a football stadium. Uh, they would line up uh, plywood around the, the fence and wasn't even attached. And, you know, we lived in a trailer with, with six guys because they had no really hotel or, or it was really small town. Where is that even located at in Idaho? It's about 20 miles south of Boise. Okay, okay. Well, so you finished off 1970, three weeks at Quincy and A-Ball. Then 1971, San Antonio. It's 72 I want to talk about next. So you were uh, 306, 882 OPS, and then the Cubs would call you up to Chicago in September. So go back to that first call-up. Where were you at? How'd they tell you? And all that good stuff. Well, actually, I was in Little Rock, Arkansas. And it, was, it, was, it wasn't a late call-up. Billy Williams had broke his ankle in the middle of the season. And they were just looking for a left-handed hitter and outfielder, and they, I guess no one in AAA was doing the job. So I did, you know, and I, I had a great time. I, I had a, a couple game-winning hits. I, you know, I, I really had fun. You, uh, yeah, you got your first big league hit off Doc Ellis, September 6th of 72. I'm assuming you remember that pretty well. Oh, yeah. You know, I got to know Doc, and I got to know a lot of the Pittsburgh Pirates. It was a three, I think it was a 3 nothing game, two outs. Really eventful, you know. <laughs> and so Doc was on the mound, and he just looks at me, and he goes, fastball. And I look back, and Sanguian was the catcher. I said, hey, Manny, what's he going to do? He goes, give him fastball right there. <laughs> and he gave me a fastball right there, and whack, first pitch, base hit. Did that ever happen again where somebody told you the pitch? Um, no. No, <laughs> no one ever told me, you know, told me pitches. Yeah, I figured. Told me they're going to hit me, but... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, so, so you... Yeah, you go back down to the minor leagues then, 73 and 74 for most of the year. 74, you almost won the Triple Crown, uh, 327, 23, and 91, and that'd be the last season you ever played in the minor leagues. How much fun was that, you know, chasing that Triple uh, Crown? It was, it was a lot of fun. Mike Bork was my manager, and he made the, the season so much fun for me. And, 
you know, he didn't put any pressure on me. I was, I was upset that I was back down in the minor leagues anyway. So, and you know, I think I missed three weeks of the season. So I was, I was hoping to hit 35 home runs and I was hoping to have well over a hundred RBIs. So, but they called me out. Well, you spent uh, the entire 75 and 76 seasons with the Cubs. Uh, lots of memorable stuff. Of course, the grand slam off Bob Gibson, his final MLB appearance. You were the second-to-last batter he ever faced. What do you remember about that? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he had, it started, uh, I, I forget what year, I, I got a game-winning walk-off hit against him in Chicago. And so when I went to St. Louis three weeks later, he hit me the first two times up. <laughs> And then it just continued on. He was knocking me down all the time, and you know, we we had our we had our differences. That's for sure. And uh, um, it was uh, you know a situation where it was a lot of fun. Bases loaded, you know, two outs, tie game. It was so. Uh, and a friend of mine got the win. Buddy Schultz. He's, I think he threw three pitches and got the win. So yeah, it was a fun game. It was a three-two count. He kept. Trying to, you know, I kept fouling balls off, and then he just put one in my wheelhouse, and I crushed it. And strangely enough, I got the ball. Uh, uh, the, it was AstroTurf at that time, and it hit the mezzanine, and was it just was flying back on the field. It rolled all the way back to Ted Sizemore, second base, <laughs> and then he threw the ball to Bob. And as I was going into the uh, dugout after he followed me around the bases, screaming at me. Um, he threw it at me, so <laughs> I ended up getting the baseball. So I still have that ball. I have it autographed by Bob Gibson. <laughs> That's great. And uh, I'm not going to tell you that story because I hope you never find out how it happened. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's a so, great story. So that, that yeah, that was fun. So after seven years with the Cubs, then going back to the trade, the trade happens December eighth of seventy six. You come to KC. What were your thoughts on being traded to the Royals? Well, you know, I, I married a Kansas girl, so uh, I, I actually got traded to New York for a couple hours, and then they traded me back to the Royals. And oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, she was really excited, and I was excited too. You know, it was a chance play more and there's a chance just to you know hopefully be on a team that was winning and they were and so yeah how'd you meet the kansas girl up there um i was playing in wichita in the minor leagues there and she was going to wichita state and she uh, um was dating or she was uh um rooming with a girl that i went to high school with that's cool. That's a cool story. So 1977 when you first got here. So the Royals are coming off an ALCS appearance that previous year. What was the mood like in the clubhouse? Was it just real confident and real hungry going into that season? I've never seen such a confident ball club. You know, you know, we I think we won 16 games in a row, lost one, and then won 13 games in a row. You know, I probably pretty much if you play 500 ball, you're going to win the division. But, you know, then you got a, a five-game series against the Yankees to go to the World Series, and that's a tough deal. Yeah, how, how tough was that for you, that, that series? is heartbreaking. Well, but, you know, playing at Yankee Stadium, you know, they always had good teams. They had good players. They had good fans. You know, you had the mystique of Yankee Stadium. It was tough. Especially having that lead in the ninth inning, right? Yeah, a couple times. <laughs> yeah. Well, so, yep. Those things happen. That's baseball. 
Well, speaking of 77, you hit 303 that year. You were hitting 398 as late as July 2nd. And do you remember your game-winning home run off Jim Palmer that year, July 5th? Yeah, I do. So does he. (laughs) (laughs) He reminds me every time I see him. I got a couple of good guys for the game winners. I got Tom Seaver. I took Larry Christensen deep in the bottom of the ninth, tied up and go 18 innings. And so I got a lot of fun, you know, home runs. Well, 1978, you got an extensive look at first base. Uh, 300 from June through the end of the year when they played you every day. You had an 11-game hitting streak that year, and you hit 364 in the postseason with a 1,227 OPS. You had a triple, a couple doubles, a few walks, a stolen base. So that 1978 ALCS, what sticks out about that? You know, you get a chance to play and you can do some things. You know, that's the key. You know, uh, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of managers like to save me for, you know, a pinch hit at the end. And so sometimes that, you know, hurt me. I was always kind of, let's, uh, you know, let me play every day. <laughs> I like playing every day. I, I did. I got a chance then. So that's good. Well, 1979 would be be kind of disappointing for you guys as a team. You guys finished in second place. You personally had another good year. You had six three-hit games in 79. You had two four-hit games. But, I mean, that year, is that just a disappointment when you look back at it, you know, coming off 78? You know, um, we had a chance to win it, you know, against the Angels. And, hell, I had the bases loaded and hit a shot up the middle, and Bobby Gritch doubled me up. He thanks me a lot, too, because he said it helped him in his contract. (laughs) And that would be the last year that you guys had Whitey then. Then it became Jim Fry. What do you remember about that transition from Whitey to Jim Fry? From kind of the best to the worst, you know. So, yeah. Well, you guys win 97 games in 1980. You make it to the World Series. I mean, how special was that playing in the World Series? It was was fun. It really was. Uh, You know, it it was sad because uh, we didn't do the things we did all, you know, year to win and I think that, uh, you know, Jim Fry made some mistakes uh, managing, and, uh, you know, that's just the way it was. Which of the Royals teams that you played on from 77 to 80 was the best team, do you think, in your opinion? Uh, 77 was the best team. They had a, it was just an all-around good team. Yeah, that's what everyone seems to say. Yeah, 77 was a good team. Well, you ended up heading over to play in Japan after 1980. Was there ever any talk between you and the Royals coming back, or was that just an easy choice to go? No, actually, uh, I was talking to the Seattle Mariners after that. And so, uh, But I had two children, and I just made the decision that I wanted to spend some more time with my girls. How did you like Japan, by the way? Was that fun? Mm-mm. No, it really wasn't fun. Really? <laughs> just tough over there? Uh, it was tough over there, yes, it was. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. so lots of coaching since your playing days. Uh, but 1989, I thought that was kind of cool that you played in the Senior Professional Baseball Association, St. Petersburg and Winter Haven. What was that like? It was so much fun, I can't even tell you. For real? I, so, I was playing with Fergie Jenkins, Raleigh Fingers, Jim Bibby, Bernie Carbo. Oh, my God. Bill Lee. It was fun. Yes, it was. How, that I didn't know all those guys were playing. That so that was a, a just a damn good league. Lots of premier talent. That was just my team. Wow. They oh they were on your team. <laughs> yeah, they, that was my that was my team. Oh my gosh. Yeah. Cecil Cooper. Uh, God, who else was there? A uh, bunch of guys. 
yeah, it was pretty fun. They're ah. paying us a lot of money too. Oh, is that, that's probably why it didn't work, right? <laughs> too much. That's why it did. It really, that's why it didn't work. But for a year and a half, you know, shit, everybody's making a lot of money. Yeah. Well, you've done a, a lot of coaching since retiring. Uh, one team I wanted to ask you about was the Lake County Fielders. Did you ever get to know Kevin Costner, who owned them at all? No, I, I, I knew Kevin for you know, but it's a shame what what he let happen there. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. There were kids that weren't getting paid. They they didn't get paid over there, and and uh, you know, uh, I talked to Kevin's agent, and he said it was just that he's just using his name. He wasn't involved, and it was it was a bad deal. Oh, he yikes. should be embarrassed about it. Yikes! I didn't know about that. So, yeah, it's a shame. Well, which Royals teammates do you still keep in touch with today? Do you, do you still you know talk to some of those guys from back in the day, even today? You know, I talk to guys like Bob Denier, you know, who lives there, and he's one of my best buddies. And Willie Wilson, I see all the time. And uh, you know, uh, the Royals don't ask me to do very many things. So um, when I see him, I'm doing some events in spring training with him. Or going to Chicago and seeing some of the guys. Well, when you look back to your Royals career, if you had to pick out one favorite moment, what would you choose? Oh, probably the walk off at the end of the year, you know, against Nolan Ryan. That that was a that was a fun thing. And so, last thing for you is in closing, what would you like to say to Royals fans listening right now? Hey, keep coming to the ballpark and keep cheering for them. They appreciate it. Yeah, well, we appreciate your time and all you gave to the Royals organization, and uh, hopefully we'll stay in touch, and thanks so much. Well, thank you. Have a good day, Kansas City. You as well. Take care. Bye.